Hi, good morning, church. So good to be with you. I'm so excited. This Wednesday is the beginning of Lent. And so I'm really excited about the Lent season. Um, I am just been looking forward to the Lent season. And so um, I want to talk about Lent. But before we talk about Lent, let me start by talking about Holy Week. And so Holy Week begins on, uh, right there, begins on Palm Sunday. And this year it falls on April the 2nd. And on Palm Sunday, on that very first Palm Sunday, some 2,000 years ago, um, what happened was the people of God, uh, they had palm branches and they went out and they waited to greet Jesus as he entered Jerusalem, and, and they waved these palm branches, and they, they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's Palm Sunday. And then, of course, on, on Holy Week, we have Good Friday. That's this year on April the 7th, and that's the day where Jesus died on the cross, and he was buried but then we have Easter Sunday because death and the grave could not hold Jesus. Death and the grave had no victory over Jesus. For on the third day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose again. That's Easter Sunday. And this year, we commemorate Easter Sunday on April the 9th. Easter Sunday is on April the 9th. Now, Easter Sunday is the singular most important day in the Christian calendar. It's so important that we shouldn't enter Easter Sunday casually. It's so important that we should wholeheartedly prepare for Easter Sunday. And so that's what Lent is. Lent is to prepare our hearts for that singular, most important day in the Christian calendar, Easter Sunday, the day Jesus rose again. And so this year, Lent begins on February the 22nd. That's this Wednesday. That's the beginning of Lent. It's also known as Ash Wednesday. And so, traditionally, to prepare for Ash Wednesday, there's something called Shrove Tuesday. It's kind of funny, um, us Christians. We use uh, the Lent season to prepare for Easter, but we use Shrove Tuesday to prepare for, for Ash Wednesday. And so there's just a lot of preparation of our hearts. And so, Shrove Tuesday is to prepare for Ash Wednesday. And traditionally... On Shrove Tuesday, one would go to a priest and confess their sins. And they would be what's called shriven or absolved of their sins. That's why we have Shrove Tuesday. You're shriven, you're absolved of your sins. And so confession is extremely important. And the amazing thing is that because of Jesus' sacrifice, we get to go directly to the Lord to confess our sins. 
that we get to go directly to the Lord at any time and in any place to confess our sins. And moreover, the Bible says in 1 John 1.9 that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. And so confession is important. Shrove Tuesday is important. It's a day to prepare ourselves for Ash Wednesday. And so this Tuesday, a scripture that you might consider on Shrove Tuesday is Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Maybe write it down, hang it on the mirror or somewhere where you can see it. And the scripture is this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Another interesting fact about Shrove Tuesday is that sometimes it's called Pancake Day. And, it's, and what happens with Pancake Day is um, in order to prepare for Lent, um, you kind of prepare the kitchen. You get rid of oil and fatty stuff like butter and eggs and um, fatty fats. And, but you don't want to just dump it all in the rubbish. Especially a pake like me, no way. And so what you do is you use it up by making pancakes. And so that's why it's sometimes called Pancake Day. And in Hawaii, we have the unique privilege of having our wonderful Portuguese uh, friends that introduced us to malasadas. That's also a way to use up these ingredients. That's why Tuesday is also called Malasada Day, but it's very connected to Shrove Tuesday. And then we also have Mardi Gras. It's a French term. Mardi means Tuesday, and Gras means fatty or greasy. And so it's fatty or greasy Tuesday, and you might have heard the term Fat Tuesday. That's Mardi Gras, Fat Tuesday, but it's connected to Shrove Tuesday. You see, it's a day of pigging out on your favorite food because you know that the next day is the big day where you're going to fast for 40 days. And so it makes sense. If, you know, if I know that I'm going to fast tomorrow, you bet your chicken katsu curry rice that I'm going to eat a local kind grind meal today. That's just, that just makes sense. And so that's Mardi Gras. It's tied to Shrove Tuesday, but unfortunately in our culture, we've turned it into a drunken mess, but that's not the original intention of Mardi Gras. That's not the original intention of Shrove Tuesday. It's to prepare us, to prepare us for Ash Wednesday. And so 40 days of Lent begins on Ash Wednesday, all the way through March, and into the first week of April, 40 days of Lent. Lent begins this Wednesday, February 22, and the purpose of Lent, remember, is to prepare our hearts. All these next 40 days is to prepare, to prepare, to prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday. 
the singular most important day in the Christian calendar. Now, what are the practices of Lent? What can I do to prepare my heart for Easter Sunday? Well, traditionally, Lent is a time of three things. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And over the next 40 days, I'm going to encourage and challenge all of us to participate in prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Let me start with fasting. What is fasting? Fasting is, it means to abstain from or to go without or to give up. So to abstain or to go without. And traditionally, it would be fasting from food. So to abstain from or to go without food. And so sometimes believers would go without meat or sometimes even fish on certain days of the week. For example, our Catholic brothers and sisters, for the Lent season, every single Friday, they will abstain from, they will go without meat. For the next six weeks, they will go without meat. That's the tra tra traditional fast. Well, for many of us, we're going to cho probably choose the non-traditional fast. And a non-traditional fast is to abstain from or to go without something that we treasure. And so over the next couple of days, I want you to pray about what you're going to fast from. Are you going to do a traditional fast or non-traditional fast? If it's a non-traditional fast, then begin to pray about choosing one thing that you will be fasting from, abstaining from, that you will give up, that you will go without. And I would say, choose something that you treasure. Choose something that's kind of important to you. Choose something that will be a sacrifice, that will hurt a little, that will be a little painful. And so I'm going to lead by example. And so, I have to, uh, and so I've been praying, Lord, what should I fast from? And it was between pickleball and Korean drama. Now, I'm about to cry just to tell you, uh, cry right now, just letting you know what I'm, I chose. <laughs> and so over the next 40 days, I'm going to fast from pickleball. I know, I know, you all like, you guys want to cry with me. Yeah, I know. Um, man, I love pickleball. I love playing pickleball. I love watching pickleball on YouTube. I love everything about pickleball. And so it's going to be good for me to fast from, to abstain from, to go without pickleball for the next 40 days. It'll be a sacrifice. It'll hurt not just a little, a lot. <laughs> It'll be a lot painful. But here's the thing, church. It will be a great opportunity for me to recalibrate my heart unto the Lord. These next 40 days of fasting, 
will be a wonderful opportunity for all of us to redirect our affection and our attention on Jesus. And so I want you to lean into and participate in these next 40 days of fasting. And so maybe you already have something in mind. I think I might fast from this. After church, when we have refreshments and fellowship time, I want you to just kind of share with each other what you think you might be fasting from. Because this might spur someone else on and say, oh, that's a great idea. Maybe I should do that too. Yeah, and so talk story. See what others are fasting from. That might give you an idea. But I put some ideas for you as well for the non-traditional fast. It could be food for the traditional fast. But the non-traditional, it could be television, maybe Netflix, maybe, um, maybe Apple TV. It could be social media. Maybe you're, you want to fast from um, Instagram or Facebook. It may be a video game that you want to fast from. It might be coffee or soda. Some people fast from chocolates or sweets. And so you choose. And then you talk to each other. Try brainstorm. Get some ideas from each other. Yeah? And so that's... Um, 40 days of fasting. And here's the thing. You give up something, but the neat thing is you also receive something in return. And here's the secret. What you receive in return is time. Your calendar will free up. Now, when your calendar frees up, don't fill that time with something else. But instead, Use that time to pray. That's why prayer and fasting, we always talk about prayer and fasting together. because It's like, goes hand in hand. It's like prayer and fasting, fasting and prayer. It's because fasting frees up time so that you can pray. Yeah? And so, prayer and fasting. And so let's talk about prayer for a little while. For the next 40 days of Lent, I'd like us to Lean into prayer with renewed vigor. And so, I want to um, share this scripture with you in Second Chronicles 7, 13, and 14. And I feel like this might be our anchor verse over the next 40 days of prayer. And, the, and let me just give you some context. Um, so King David, he was supposed to build this temple for the Lord. And so he drew up plans. He, but he, and so he was the chief architect of this temple that he's supposed to build. But he wasn't able to build it. And so he commissioned his son, when he died, King Solomon, to build the temple. And so King Solomon became the general contractor of this temple. King David was just the architect. So general contractor King Solomon built this temple, dedicated this temple to the Lord. And then... The Lord said this to King Solomon, 2 Chronicles 7.14. He said this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. And so we have a part to play in this if-then clause. Our part 
is to humble ourselves. Our part is to pray, seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways. And then God has his part. His part, he'll hear from heaven, forgive our sins, heal our land. There's, um, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a revival that's taking place right now in a place um, called Asbury University. It's in Kentucky, Wilmore, Kentucky. It's just a little Christian college. And after chapel service on February the 8th, a few students decided that they would just linger and hang out. And then the Holy Spirit descended upon them. There was a movement of the Holy Spirit. That began on February 8th. And it's still happening today, right now. There's been prayer and a movement of the Holy Spirit night and day since February the 8th. Lots of young people, lots of college students having their lives changed and reshaped by the Holy Spirit. Thousands, uh, there's a lot and lots and lots of people. They're traveling from all over to try and experience this Asbury revival, they call it. There's people in Hawaii that, been, that, that have traveled to try and experience this thing. There's also people from other countries are flying in to Kentucky to experience this Asbury revival, day and night, prayer, day and night. I, I believe it's day and night of people humbling themselves and praying and seeking God's face and turning from their wicked ways and God hearing from heaven, forgiving their sins and pouring out his Holy Spirit upon them and healing their land. Church, I think now is the time to humble ourselves. Now is the time to pray. Now is the time to seek his face. Now is the time to turn from our wicked ways. Now is the time to persist in prayer. And so I'm asking us as a church over the next 40 days to lean into prayer with renewed figure, prayer and fasting. And then the third thing is almsgiving, 40 days of almsgiving. Almsgiving is just a fancy word for giving food and money to the poor and needy among us. We should already be doing that. But it's a great opportunity during this Lent season over the next 40 days, beginning this Wednesday, to be especially charitable, to be especially kind, to be especially generous, to be especially big-hearted to the poor and needy among us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. He writes this, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. We live in an increasingly self-centered culture. A culture that's self-absorbed. A culture that's selfish. And here the Apostle Paul says, don't be selfish and self-centered. Instead, he says, move the focus of your heart away from self and onto others. And he urges us to focus on others. 
to be concerned about the welfare of others and to act on those concerns, to think about others, to sacrificially love others, to look out for the well-being of others, to show uncommon generosity toward others, to be especially charitable, especially kind, especially generous, especially big-hearted to the poor and needy among us to focus and prioritize others above ourselves. That's almsgiving. And so over the next 40 days, I want to encourage us to lean into almsgiving. Church, let's prepare our hearts for Easter. And over the next 40 days, beginning on February the 22nd, this Wednesday, and then all through March, and then into the first week of April, let's lean into prayer and fasting. And let's lean into almsgiving. Let's prepare our hearts to celebrate Easter Sunday, the day that Jesus rose again. Amen.